Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Morning Matcha. Today's episode is brought to you by Lunia, sleepwear for the modern woman. They're best known for their washable silk, but lately we've been loving their Restore collection. Lunia's first performance fabric is approved by the FDA and it's proven to absorb and convert body heat in the form of infrared energy, which is recycled back into your skin and tissues. Basically, it's the perfect outfit to recover after a tough workout for restoring and recharging your body. Try it out using code MORNINGMATCHA15 at lunia.co. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Morning Matcha. I'm here today with Dr. Stephanie Canali, who is a family physician, a breast milk expert, and the founder of Lactation Lab. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hear more about Lactation Lab and how you got it all started. So will you tell us a little bit about what it is? Well, we're the first and only company that's looking at nutrients in breast milk and Like many other female founders, this was started out of my own experience and my own need and desire, basically, to want to know what was in my own milk. So I'm a mother of two, and um, I had no issues breastfeeding my first. With my second, I was one of those moms that just produced volumes and volumes of milk. And, you Which know, is amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not with the first, though? or are you... oh, With the first as well, but definitely more with the second. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to work when she was about five weeks old, which in hindsight wasn't the best decision. But um, when she was about two to three months old, she stopped gaining weight and she actually stopped having bowel movements. That was really, really stressful for me. Um, I was trying to kind of do it all, you know, work, be on call, manage everything. And I felt as though I was starving my child. Mm -hmm. And so I remember sitting there in my office one day and looking at the pumped milk in between patients and, you know, all stressed out and thinking, wow, like what is in my milk? Like how many calories am I giving this child or lack thereof? Because clearly she needed more. And I remember, you know, calling around and saying, oh, can I get my milk tested and what can I do? And there was no way of doing that. So um, my favorite term is I was told that breast milk is an unknown bodily fluid. Mm -hmm. So a regular (laughs) lab couldn't analyze it. So that's when I had the idea. I said, you know, I don't feel like I'm alone here. I think some moms want to know. Yeah. And I think it's actually, you know, it could be quite empowering. So in in hindsight, you know, so with my own story, you know, I couldn't um, ever figure out what was in my milk. I did supplement my daughter with formula and she started gaining weight immediately, having regular bowel movements and and then she actually developed some other health issues. So she actually was, um, we discovered later on, she had multiple concussions and falls. And wow. after having an... When? Un- how how yeah. does that happen? Well, we th- at first we thought she was just clumsy. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I've taken her to pretty much every pediatric specialist known to mankind. Mm-hmm. So after having her eyes checked, because at first I was like, oh, the poor kid can't see. That's Aww. why she's falling, but she can see. And then, I mean, and I mean major concussions where she actually had to have her two front teeth taken out by her dentist because she fell so many times. And so after having an MRI of her um, lumbar spine, we found out that she had spina bifida occulta. So then... Which is? Which is basically (laughs) her spinal cord didn't fully develop in utero. Yeah. Okay. And so, of course, you know, Dr. Mom here, I go into like this really, really profound guilt because Mm. I know I have a B12 deficiency. I wasn't taking the best care of myself throughout my pregnancy. And of course, you know, going back to work at five weeks, I mean, who does that, you know, and I wasn't taking my vitamins and I look back and I'm like, well, wait a second. If I would have been able to test my milk 
And if I could have known, because studies have found that the amount of B12 in your milk is related to a mom's diet and how much, you know, she's taking and consuming. Mm -hmm. I was like, could I have prevented that? Or could I have done something? And so it was just a lot of mom guilt. But does that happen while she, while you're pregnant or after? No, it was just after. Sorry, that could have happened while I was, yeah. Okay, yeah. It could have happened while, most likely it was while I was pregnant. But it just kind of really hit home with me because Mm -hmm. I started to think, you know, I really wasn't taking good care of myself and could I have done something a little bit better? Had I known, could I have taken, you know, more supplements and I'm, I I felt really into a slump of, you know, not providing the best self-care afterward. But then had I known if it was for her, I would have done it. Yeah. But most, a lot of moms, that's what happens, right? I mean, your whole life, you put yourself aside, so you can't have that much guilt. You can't blame yourself. Well, so that's basically where the idea came from and seeing a lot of patients, you know, I'm family, I'm in family medicine. So I see a lot of kids and adults. And I saw that a lot of moms were having the same situation where they're just totally stressed out, you know, breast milk is best. And if you can do it, do it. And there's a lot of pressure to breastfeed. And I think for the moms that choose to, we now have some tools that they can learn about their milk. Yeah. And then, you know, they can figure out what to do to make it the best possible. So you know, I do want to stress too that I'm all about fed is best. I mean, I gave formula to both of my children and I'm not anti-formula. I feel like you have to feed your kid. That's yeah, number one. Exactly. <laughs> but for those moms who choose to breastfeed, now there's a tool that, you know, we can help them provide the most nutrici- nutritious milk possible. Mm-hmm. Well, so now, I mean, I love that I, I'm so lucky that I was able to um, get tested and see, and we were just chatting about my results and, yeah. um, I think that not only with, um, with that, with knowing what's in your breast milk, it's also another thing that makes it difficult to breastfeed is just in general, like eat the foods that we eat, not only for nutrients, but it can make them gassy and uncomfortable and also lead to like not having bowel movements and all sorts of different issues. Right. I mean, there's so many things to be aware of when you breastfeed that it, that's also what adds to making it more difficult, I would say, than just like being able to give them formula. I think it's, I think you're absolutely right about that. I think it's very stressful being a mom nowadays because there's just information overload. Too much information. Yeah. And I think what we try to do is, so the way it works is basically a mom sends in a small sample of milk and then they get an individualized, you know, report of what's in their milk. And we, we, Based that on what studies have found. So we don't look at any, anything and everything, but, you know, for example, and we provide them with detailed recommendations of, okay, like eat more of this, take more of this and so forth. And we're actually finding that that's very, not only empowering, but it actually alleviates a lot of anxiety because then instead of thinking, oh my gosh, there's so many things, I don't know what to do. And I ate Brussels sprouts and now my baby's gassy and, but what else can I do? So now we're providing them with like sort of more of a guideline, you know what I mean? To help them in particular. Yeah. Cause instead like before, like you were saying, you go to the doctor and they're saying, Oh, failure to thrive. Your baby's not gaining weight, but you don't know how to fix that. Right. Exactly. Um, but now, you know, you know how many calories there are in your milk, you know, how much fat there is, you know, what foods to eat. So when you get tested, when someone gets tested, do you share with them? Like, here's how to get your calories up? Or is that something they work specifically with a pediatrician in their area? Well, we actually provide, you know, specialized recommendations. Of course, you know, for legal purposes, Mm -hmm. we have a disclaimer, share with your, you know, healthcare provider. Yeah. But um, no, we actually provide like an individualized 
report and sort of like email message and um, that tells them exactly what steps they can do. I think the other thing to note too is we've actually had a you know a, a bunch of women actually have very high calorie counts of their breast milk. Wow. And so when their kids aren't gaining enough weight, it really then becomes um, a little bit of a red flag. Maybe there's something else going on. So, yeah, what are some yeah. things that could go on if you do have enough calories? Well, yeah, so there was um, one patient recently that I had. Um, she came to me from another practice, and um, the baby is just constantly fussy and crying and so forth, which, you know, again, in a doctor's office, that's not unusual. Yeah, yeah. And so we tested the mom's milk, and, you know, the average infant formula in the States is about 20 kilocalories per ounce, and hers was almost 24. So when the baby just fell off the growth chart and was, you know, failure to thrive and not gaining and mom's super concerned, mom was also a doctor, um, you know, we had a tool here. We could say, you know what? It's not the milk. So now let's look at the baby mm. and let's see what's going on. So it turns out that this little girl had really bad reflux. Oh. So bad, actually, that she was actually um, placed on medication to help with that. And oh. in fact, not only is she a much happier baby, I think one of the best calls I ever got was, you know, two days after she started the medication and her mom called me practically in tears saying Aww. that her baby had napped for four hours straight for the first time <gasps> since she was alive because she wasn't up crying. Yeah. And, um, and the baby's thriving again. So again, it was just a tool to help this mom, you know what, breast milk and that, you know, there's more to breastfeeding than breast milk. You yeah. Know, there's a bond there that I don't think yeah. a lot of people can understand until mm -hmm. you go through it. And um, it was really reassuring for her. So she's breastfeeding and she's taking her medication to help with her reflux and she's thriving. Yeah. So she would get enough calories from the milk, but then she would just regurgitate. Exactly. She was spinning up quite spinning a bit. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Tell me a little bit about when you decided you were going to start this. Cause that's a big endeavor to take on. Uh, when did, yeah. When did lactation love start? So it started. So I had the idea when my, you know, with my daughter and because she was struggling and then I started calling around and, and again, as I mentioned, breast milk was an unknown bodily yeah. fluid. So I started looking at all these labs and I'm like, okay, I, as a doctor, I order 50,000 tests a day. It seems like, why can't I figure out what's in here? So that's when I reached out to um, colleagues of mine that are chemists and physicists and environmental engineers and we came up and developed our own methods. And that took almost two years because incredible. breast milk is actually very complex. So not only is it, you know, it's just a complex fluid. I mean, there's over 600 proteins and there's a lot we're learning, I think, about breast milk. There's a lot of unknowns still. Yeah. So what did you do? You took breast milk and you kind of like you looked at it and dissected like what's actually in it. And then what are the things that we think are important to share with the patients or how did it go from, yeah. How did it go from what's in it to what to share? Right. The first thing we did was we started pulling all research that was ever published with breast milk, especially focusing on term infants. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the studies are not done in this country, but um, we wanted to look at what, when, you know, what does a mother's diet, what is a mother's intake? How does that affect her milk? So there's some things that are just sort of universally the same across all, you know, all types of breast milk. So for example, vitamin D is universally low, uh, milk of all species, but of course, breast milk. So we don't actually test for vitamin D. Mm -hmm. um, we'll, so we started pulling all the research and studies, which took a while. And then we went to the lab and we said, okay, well, we want to start looking at you know, measuring B12, for example. And when we first started doing this, believe it or not, we had to go to a food lab. 
Oh, wow. So same idea as like if I had invented a protein bar, yeah. like how I'd have to go to a food lab to figure out what's in there. Yeah. So then I kind of thought this is a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the methods they were using. So then we started working with chemists and developing our own methods, you know, to make sure we're getting accurate information. But again, we just are very science based and we look at only what is affected by mom's intake and her status. Mm -hmm. And what's kind of been interesting about that is another turn of lactation lab, or it's kind of going in a different direction, which I had not expected, is that moms started to feel, um, you know, because basically the moms are the ones who are following the dietary recommendations and taking the supplements. So moms started to feel better. And um, so in turn, we find that we're actually kind of replenishing their stores. And so I kind of describe it as like filling up the empty gas tank after having a baby. Yeah. And so we were able to show that. And actually some companies have now decided to offer our kits as an employee benefit. That's so nice. So I thought that's pretty cool. So not only are they encouraging moms, you know, to breastfeed in the workplace Mm -hmm. and pump while at work, but providing them with a tool that can be quite empowering to say, hey, you know, this is great. This is, and I can follow these steps. Mm -hmm. And in fact, moms are feeling better. Mm -hmm. So even though that wasn't our initial, you know, my initial goal was to just be like, what is in this? You know what I mean? And I felt like I was starving my own child, but in turn, we're actually helping moms. So this has actually been quite a, yeah, that's, I mean, that's (laughs) perfect. It's the two for one. Yeah. Um, I have so many questions about breast milk in general. And then also I just have so many more questions. So Breast milk changes, right, over the course of um, as they grow up, what they need. Is that correct? That's absolutely true. And Mm -hmm. what we see is total protein will change. And so a preemie, for example, a mom um, who's given birth to a preemie will um, produce a milk that's very high in protein. And then the older the child is, the protein sort of diminishes. Total fat can change over time. But we've noticed that one, and and that's probably the biggest significant difference from mother to mother. Mm -hmm. But the same mother probably has only a 5 to 10% total fat difference throughout a 24 hour period. Oh, okay. But we actually break down the fats and we want to know about specifically about mm-hmm. the omega threes and sixes and the DHA is sort of the mm-hmm. hottest one that everyone talks yeah. about. You know, it's been researched quite a bit too. Yeah. And, um, as far as antibodies go, is that something that that's in the works? Yeah, so it is thank you something that, that can be measured. So we're actually going to be, um, you know, again, it takes a long time to get the chemistry down on this stuff, yeah. but we'll be launching, um, sort of a food sensitivity test, mm-hmm. hopefully in the new year. And um, that basically, so those are for those That's poor amazing. kiddos who, yeah. you know, with either the bloody stools or the really, you know, bad, like digestive issues. So then these poor moms go on these ridiculous elimination diets because mm-hmm. they have no idea what else to do. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be launching a panel of, you know, specifically looking at certain proteins to see if they're reacting to something the mom's eating. And those, of course, will be the big ones, you know, wheat, soy, peanut, and so forth. Yeah, that's so helpful. I hope so. It's so helpful. What I did was I started with a very, like, minimal um, diet. I mean, like, warming foods, very Ayurvedic. And then um, I knew exactly what I was eating. So then I just kind of introduced something because I was so... I had heard so many stories about moms going on a super strict elimination diet because they didn't know what it was. But then I just felt that that was easier for me to just introduce slowly. But I found it's easy for me because I'm so obsessed with this stuff. And it's also in my line of work. And I just kept thinking, wow, what about people who like, I mean, they just you don't have time to think about that all day long. Like what exactly am I eating and what am I doing? And you have to run to work and you you don't have access to 
maybe whatever you were planning on eating that day at work, you have to do a work lunch. And it just is so complicated to keep up. I think it's really tough. I mean, I just think breastfeeding and working, I mean, kudos to you too. And thanks for doing this, you know. Luckily, I could like feed him right before and in front of you. Yeah. Um, But no, I think it's really hard. I mean, for me, it was the hardest part was breastfeeding and working. And, uh, you know, I'll do residency over again. But the breastfeeding for me was really tough. And I think that if we can provide moms with a couple tools here and there, that's helpful. But I also think your strategy is a good one because when it comes to introducing first foods for truth, it'll be same easy thing, to kind yeah. of use the same approach. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, uh, I know it's not easy. So um, about environmental pollutants, though, because yes. that's an option that you guys offer, right, to test for. Yeah. Um, how did that, did you, I mean, did that happen right away or was that kind of like the antibodies thing? It just came afterwards because you thought of it and how's that helping moms? Well, it's an interesting story how that came about because it's actually one of my friends is an environmental uh, chemical engineer. I think that's her title. And she had asked me when I told her about the idea of looking at breast milk and she's like, well, I hope you can measure mercury and arsenic. And I was said, oh, Okay, you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's look a little more into this and see. Yeah. And so we've actually had some interesting stories come from that. So mercury, I, I think most oftentimes is related to fish consumption. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of moms that are nursing, it's very confusing because here we are telling you, you know, breast milk is best and try your best to do this and all about the omega-3s and DHA, it's so important. And so a lot of moms will eat fish because it's a great source of DHA. Yeah. But, you know, all of these you know, metals and toxins we're talking about, they just don't disappear from the environment. Mm -hmm. There's no way of just getting rid of them. Yeah. So mercury, you know, has been shown to be um, the most common source is fish and fish consumption. So for some moms, you know, we're able to say, okay, if there's higher levels than, um, you know, than than we'd like to see, then we just have them cut back. And that usually fixes it. Mm -hmm. Um, Lead, we've seen a couple of cases that have been directly linked to water supply. But what's been more interesting and in the news lately, um, not only our news, but, you know, around Mm -hmm. is um, arsenic. So arsenic is um, a heavy metal that's most commonly in the ground. Yeah, because I've heard like um, brown rice can have it. It's actually the most common, um, the common uh, source in California. It's actually California grown rice. Wow. Yeah. And brown rice will have more than white rice. Because of the shell. Yeah. Yeah. And so we actually had a case with a mom um, who was, you know, back at work and feeding and her arsenic levels were pretty much off the charts. Like I remember getting a call from the chemist at nine o'clock at night. Wow. I was like, I've checked this five times. This is concerning. So um, <laughs> mom thankfully right now. <laughs> that mom didn't panic. And I was like, Aww. look, we just need to work together to figure this out. So she was actually consuming uh, just about a small portion of rice every day. And that was just part of her, again, back to the diet idea of like, yeah. as a mom, you know, you're just trying to eat, you're on the go, you're just trying to get some calories in you. So who would have thought white rice would be, you know, harmful. And so in doing all of this research, I thought it was kind of interesting to show that even though there are published studies that show uh, even silicone in breast milk, arsenic, all these things, there's no published like allowable amount in our food and breast milk is considered a food. Mm-hmm. What was even... so when we were looking at like, okay, well, what is a dangerous level? We actually went with the environmental protection agency levels on what is allowed in our water supply. Mm. And so those are the cutoffs we use. Okay. But I thought it was really interesting to find out. And especially when I was, you know, researching more about arsenic and rice is that for little ones, they should be limited to no more than one and a half servings a week of rice. Wow. Because of arsenic? Yeah. (gasps) 
And my kids have had more than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've had more than I've that. I certainly have had more than that. Yeah. Too. And then for a breastfeeding mom, there's no published guideline out there, but it is something that, and again, I'm not trying to scare anybody yeah, here. No, we are not about fear. We're about just information and, and empowering yeah. moms mm-hmm. to make better decisions of the best decisions that they can. But, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to find that there's no, um, law about what is allowed in our food supply. How much how, the our, levels? Yeah. So there was a, a how, re- what is it though? So it's naturally occurring. That's why it's found in the ground or how? To- yeah, that's exactly right. And there's no way of getting rid of it. So even vegetables that are grown in the ground, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Rice and grains, oats, for you know, anything that grows in the ground. That's- even if it's organic or is it more so if it's organic? It doesn't matter. You know, organic typically just means that there's no pesticides, pesticides used, yeah. but the ground, you can't change the earth, you know, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. That's pretty can't crazy. Start over. I'm so excited to learn about my levels because in Ayurvedic food, there's a lot of, you know, like rice. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but as to, in terms of getting tested, do you, is this something that you recommend moms do every year or that they're breastfeeding every quarter or just like a one-time thing to check or a tool to use if your child is going off the chart, like going down the charts. I think this is for every breastfeeding mom, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not just saying that. I think that we have three different kits that we offer. We offer a basic one, which is just overall, you know, total protein, fat, calories, and carbohydrates. And that's a quick turnaround time. That's for the mom who just really wants to know, okay, how many calories, you know, like yeah. is this is this really my milk or is there something else going on? Then we have the one that's been really adopted with industry and providing the kits to employees is our standard kit. So that doesn't include the toxins, Mm -hmm. for example, but we have moms test one month apart. So studies have found that um, some changes can happen. For example, a high arsenic that can leave your breast milk supply within 24 to 48 hours. Oh, okay. So there's a quick turnaround time with some of Mm this stuff. Um, and it takes about a good two weeks when you make these changes, for example, um, consuming more vitamin C, um, vitamin A, you know, to see those changes in the milk. So we should have moms, um, test one month apart. Mm -hmm. And in terms of mercury, how long does that take to leave the body? That can take a few more days, Mm -hmm. a few more days to happen. And especially if it's, um, a lot of fish consumption, it just takes longer to digest and leave the the system. And how much fish do you have to eat? Uh, like, how regularly do you have to eat fish for it to turn poisonous or the mercury to be super high, the levels? Yeah, I think it matters most what type of fish. Mm-hmm. We actually have a link on our website too. There's certain fish to just avoid altogether. Like tuna. Exactly. Yeah. And like shark and you know yeah yeah (laughs) things that maybe too many people aren't eating anyhow yeah but um I think that you know two to three servings a week is is safe Mm -hmm. um and I think it's really the the high mercury we've seen are women who are eating it I'd say every couple of days I see yeah oh my gosh so do some people just have a more difficult time processing it and that's why it stays really high or that doesn't really have to do with it like transferring to the baby you know, the crazy thing is any, any mother we've ever seen have very high level of whatever we figured it out and their levels have gone back down That's to amazing. almost undetectable. So, um, yeah. And you test them one month out. Um, when we've had, uh, we've had probably about a dozen moms recently that have had a higher level. The latest batch has been a lot of high arsenic in mm-hmm. milk. We actually have retested them almost a week later. 
And, you know, we've done that complimentary just to Aww. make clear because we want to help them, yeah. you know, not expose their children. The other, the other big key here too, is that uh, infants are more susceptible to any potential bad side effect to heavy metal exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, they're growing brains, they're yeah. developing. Yeah. And so they absorb more of this than an adult would. Um, I have a question. Does do probiotics pass on? If I take probiotics, does it go to my kid through breast milk? Actually, some do, but um, the high carbohydrate that we were talking about in breast milk and yours was almost off the charts, which mm-hmm. is amazing. <laughs> um, that actually, you know, the human milk oligosaccharides, which make up the total carbohydrate, is probably one of the most important things because that's setting up the baby's own microbiome, the mm-hmm. good bacteria and so forth. So in a breastfed baby, when you see milk with, you know, that with those levels, I mean, I don't think they need any probiotic. Oh, I see. That's so good. Yeah. Because they're probiotics specifically for infants, but then, um, I don't know. It's just, there's so many ways of taking things, right? So vitamin D I can take it and that'll pass on straight to him. That's one. Or you can give it directly Mm -hmm. to the baby. Right. But I'm just so curious if, um, living organisms like probiotics pass on the same way as a vitamin would. They do. It's actually, I find it fascinating, especially Mm -hmm. the studies that show like, you know, you put a little bit of breast milk in a Petri dish and nothing grows around it. And I think there's just so much we're learning again, like the medium chain fatty acids and how important, how they play such an important role in, you know, the baby's immune system Mm -hmm. and how that all has to do with the sugars and the signaling between, it's just fascinating. I think there's so much we're still learning though. Yeah. A lot. I mean, I heard that, um, the baby's saliva speaks to your nipples have receptors and the baby's saliva and the receptors like speak to each other. So your milk produces things. If the baby's getting sick, specific antibodies for that. Is that true? I think that part of that's true. I think what happens is that the mother, if she's exposed to some type of virus, mm-hmm. her immune system kicks up and that those antibodies and immunoglobulins change a little bit and they directly pa- get passed on in the milk and help protect the baby. So it's just fascinating yeah. also from just an evolutionary standpoint. I know. Yeah. Just how advanced our bodies are. And exactly. we just like, and we're amazing compared to, we're like computers, but a million times better. Well, it's right. And I don't think computers can figure out what we're doing. No, they can't. (laughs) And I can't figure out computers either. (laughs) We have something else in common. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, that's so amazing. But there's so many things still probably to figure out. And it's so difficult probably to start a company like this. I mean, insurance, does insurance cover something like this? Or is it out of pocket? Is that something that you guys are working on if it's not? Um, basically we're, we're going to be working on that next year. I mean, I think it's just, we've been a little overwhelmed right now to take on and tackle insurance companies. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to grow the HR portion and as, as an employee benefit to have our kits and, um, hopefully get them sold in some FSA stores mm-hmm. so people can use their flex spending accounts to purchase the kits. But right now it is a direct, yeah. um, out of pocket. And the testing, I mean, testing can be in a lab is really expensive. That's a pretty great deal. I think the price point right now with getting it all tested and not having it go through insurance. How did you get it so low in terms of, I mean, lab work can be super, super pricey. That's exactly true. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, we're not a profitable business yet, but mm-hmm. um, that's probably... 
you know, um, it, yeah, you're, it, that's exactly true. It's, it is quite costly mm -hmm. and, um, hopefully, you know, we get the word out and we, you know, um, we can increase our sales and, yeah, we're, and co we're constantly working on trying to, you know, perfect the methods too, but it's actually quite costly. For example, the fatty acids right now, they're actually prepped overnight and extracted overnight. It was a quite lengthy process and they're analyzed. It takes almost an hour per sample. Wow. So it is costly, but hopefully volume will bring that down. Are you full-time working on lactation lab now? Or is, and do you vision your, envision yourself full-time if not, or is it something you wanted to put like as part of your practice? You know, I'm not full-time on lactation lab, but I would love for that to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, every, I'd say every couple, like probably two or three times a week, I will get these emails from moms. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and I get these messages that will just keep me going. And Aww. sometimes they're just, you know, thank you for offering this. And I'm so reassured and I just appreciate, you know, and, and to me, it's just, I know it sounds so cheesy, but like a couple of those messages a week are what's keeping me going. You no, know? I totally believe so it. I would love to do this, yeah. you know, full time and take off and offer more testing and, mm -hmm. you know, get it covered by insurance companies, hopefully one day and just provide it to the masses. That'd be great. Well, we need people like you to keep going. So that's wonderful that the messages help. And I know it's not easy and it's just beautiful talking with you and hearing the stories. I, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing and putting into it. And I really feel, I feel that you're fully in it. So thank you. Thank you. It was so fun talking with you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you. So keep in touch and I'll see you next time.